0: A bid by Ohio State House Republicans to solve the vaccine mandate issue hits a roadblock. The COVID Delta surge might be on the wane in Ohio. And thousands of Ohioans who were scammed out of their unemployment benefits during the pandemic finally have a path to get their money back. It's the Wake Up Morning News Briefing from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer for Thursday, September the 30th. I'm the editor, Chris Quinn. In the face of growing opposition, the Ohio House of Representatives on Wednesday delayed a vote on a bill supported by its Republican leaders that would allow businesses to mandate coronavirus vaccines, but with a broad range of exemptions. The Ohio Chamber of Commerce and the Ohio Vaccine Coalition, which is made up of businesses, healthcare organizations, and children's hospitals, opposed the bill. The public hasn't had any opportunity to testify on it. It was just introduced Tuesday afternoon. The bill was House leadership's answer to a variety of anti-vaccine bills that have emerged in the legislature, specifically House Bill 248, which would have prohibited mandates of all vaccines, under the Republican proposal as written, public and private employers, as well as public and private K-12 and colleges, could have compelled employees to get the vaccines. However, employees could have claimed exemptions for medical reasons, for demonstrating natural immunity to the coronavirus, and for religious reasons. COVID-19 case rates are falling, suggesting that the pandemic wave that hit this summer is receding as fall is getting started. Health experts don't know if this is the beginning of the end of the pandemic or just a brief respite before the next wave hits. In the last week, from September 21st through Tuesday, Ohio reported 42,061 new cases, down from 47,400 and 49,500 the previous two weeks. Ohio just had a streak of 11 straight days, with fewer cases reported than the same day the previous week. That streak ended Tuesday when case numbers increased slightly. Ohio's seven day average at 6,009 cases a day is down 17% from the recent high of 7,268 on September 16th. The average is still well above midsummer levels. Thousands of Ohioans whose unemployment benefit accounts were hijacked by scammers can now ask the state to replace the money they are owed. In addition, the Ohio Department of Job and Family Services will start processing about 155,000 applications from Ohioans who want a waiver from having to repay unemployment benefits they say they were mistakenly overpaid. Residents who believe their accounts were taken over and their unemployment payments rerouted will have to call to request an affidavit that they would sign before a notary public attesting that they did not receive the money. The state would then individually review and decide whether to grant payment to each of the requesters. While they didn't succeed over their primary rivals, former Cleveland City Councilman Zach Reed and current Cleveland City Councilman Bashir Jones threw their backing behind the opposing mayoral hopefuls on Wednesday. Reed, who finished fourth in the race, came out in favor of nonprofit executive Justin Bibb who won the September 14th primary. Jones, who placed fifth, came out in support of Cleveland City Council President Kevin Kelly, who came in second. At a press conference outside Reed's old campaign headquarters on Kinsman Road, Reed said Bibb reminded him of Barack Obama's rise from little-known Illinois politician to what Reed described as one of the greatest presidents in history. When considering whom to endorse, Reed said he heard many of the same criticisms he had heard about Obama in 2008, chiefly youth and inexperience, but Reed said those criticisms were unfounded, and he believed Bibb has a vision for the future of the city. Jones gave Kelly credit for assisting with many of Jones' accomplishments, particular development of his ward that includes Huff, St. Clair Superior, Midtown, and Asiatown neighborhoods. Look out, Northeast Ohio. U.S. Postal Service changes that will mean longer delivery times for some first-class mail and periodicals go into effect on Friday. The changes, which were announced a while back, mean first-class mail and periodicals that are traveling longer distances will take an extra day or two to deliver. The Postal Service has said the changes are intended to increase delivery reliability, consistency, and efficiency. Approximately 61% of first-class mail and 93% of periodicals, like magazines, will not be affected. The USPS is advising people to plan ahead and send mail early, particularly when it's going a long distance. Thanks for listening to The Wake Up from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer.